Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to our online service this morning. We're grateful that you've joined us. And we want to say a big welcome, especially to our frontline family, but to everyone that's come on this morning. You are so welcome. I have the privilege and the honor of having my daughter Courtney join me this morning. And Courtney's going to be opening the service in prayer and just ushering in the presence of God into your homes this morning. So Courtney, if you can just open for us this morning in prayer. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Let's pray. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. I pray that the word spoken today would impact every person listening. Holy Spirit, would you have your way? I pray that you would move in everyone's heart and allow them to receive the word. I pray that hearts would be transformed and lives would be changed after hearing this message. Father, I pray that you would prepare us for what you want to pour out on us during the season. As we are in lockdown, I pray that we would take this time to draw closer to you and develop intimacy with you. May we become aware of what you are saying to us. I thank you that you are always talking to us. We just need to be still and listen. I thank you that we have the perfect opportunity right now to be still. I pray that we would not come out of lockdown the same, but that we would be forever changed in a way that glorifies you. Fear, panic, and anxiety are our natural responses to the situation we find ourselves in. But Father, I thank you for your supernatural peace. I pray that during this time, everyone would experience your peace that surpasses all understandings. I pray that they would be overcome by your unfailing love. I thank you that you love us so much, regardless of what our past looks like. Father, I pray that our hope would be found in your promises. I thank you, Jesus, that there is a future, a future filled with hope. I thank you, Lord, for who you are. I thank you that you are good, you are love, and you are faithful. I pray that your favor would be on your people, and I pray that your presence would go before each person listening today. Father, I pray that you would anoint my mom's lips as she speaks today, and every word spoken would be what you want your people to hear. I give you all the praise and honor you deserve. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you, Courtney. Well, I'm privileged to have my daughter with me this morning, and I sense that God is wanting to do something so significant in our sons and our daughters at this time. Joel 2 speaks about it will come to pass in the last days that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. This indicates that there will be a pouring out of his spirit on all cultures, all races, gender, and age. There is no limitation or age restriction to the pouring out of God's spirit. And for that, I am so thankful. It goes on further in the scripture to tell us that our sons and our daughters will prophesy and they will have dreams. And so this morning, as Courtney and I are going to come into agreement, she's going to stand in the gap for our youth, for our children. And I want to release the fire of God into our youngsters, into our sons and our daughters in this time. I believe God is doing an awakening and a shaking within our youth. And I'm going to ask all of our youngsters, our children watching at home, would you just raise your hands up as a sign of receiving from God this morning? And Courtney and I are going to stand in agreement. Scripture says when two are gathered in his name, 
His presence is there. The anointing is there. And so where you are in your homes with your families, would you just trust God this morning? I even want to speak to parents who are trusting for their children who have gone astray, who are walking far from the Lord at this time. Would you just lift your hands and trust God? We're going to call those prodigal sons and daughters back home this morning and trust God to do a mighty work in our sons and our daughters. So let's pray together for our youth. Father, we thank you this morning that as your word says, when two are gathered, your presence is there. And so Holy Spirit, we usher in your presence into our homes right now. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you. Abba Father, as we commit our sons, our daughters to you this morning, we know, Lord, that they, they are so close to your heart. You love them more than we do. And so, Lord, I'm asking as we present them to you this morning, as your word says, you will pour out your spirit. This is an abundance and it's in excess. There is no limitation and there is no age restriction. And so, Father, I ask that you would awaken our youth even now as we speak. God, I want to release the fire of God into our youngsters this morning. I pray, God, you would stir their hearts and cause a passion for Jesus, that you would set their hearts ablaze for you. Lord, I ask as scrolls have been written in the heavenlies over our sons and our daughters, today we declare and we decree, God, that your spoken, established word will be fulfilled in our children. God, right now, I want to halt and pull down the strategies and the plans of the enemy. As God has a plan for our children, so does the enemy. And I ask God today that our youngsters, our children, would align themselves with the plan of God for their lives. Lord, I speak to a spirit of rebellion and pride and deception. And I resist you right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, God, that scales would fall from their eyes. We speak to our prodigal sons and daughters and we call them home now in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask that you would send your ministering angels to fetch them and to bring them home. God, today we declare that our sons and our daughters will live. They will prophesy. They will worship. They will preach. They will evangelize. They will lay on the hands of on the sick and see them recover. Lord, that they would usher in the next move of God, we ask. Even now, Lord, I ask for a baptism of your Holy Spirit. Do a mighty work, Lord, I pray in this season of preparation that they would realign their focus, their priorities, their passions, their goals. May their eyes be fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of their faith. We ask this now in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I want to encourage you as parents in this time as you are at home that you would speak life into your children. 
that you would declare the goodness of God, that you would take the word of God and declare it over your children at this time and see God do a mighty work in our sons and our daughters in Jesus' name. Well, I'm, I'm excited to bring the word to you this morning and I believe God has placed something on my heart and I'm going to trust the Lord to lead me this morning to articulate the heartbeat of heaven. Last weekend, we celebrated Easter, the death and resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We heard about the resurrected life that is available to you and to me, and that we need to have ears to hear what the Spirit is saying. As we reflected last week on Passover, the first Passover where the Israelites were in Egypt and the Lord gives an instruction for them to put blood on the doorposts, on the lintels of their homes, for them to go into their homes and that the angel of death would pass over. We see that a plague hits Egypt that evening and there is destruction. The firstborn are killed and Pharaoh comes out to Moses on that very same night and he says, take your people your livestock, all your belongings, and go. We see the hand of God deliver his people. But God leads his people into the wilderness, a place they've never been before, unfamiliar, uncertain. And that sounds like us right now, the season we all find ourselves worldwide, where life as we know it has come to a grinding halt. We are in a season of uncertainty. Things are unfamiliar. We've never been here before. And as God leads the Israelites into the wilderness, we see that it is a place of supernatural and divine provision, protection, and presence. And I'm going to get into that in a moment. But before I do, I want to point something out. The Israelites leave Egypt. And they encounter the Red Sea. The Red Sea is in front of them and the enemy is pursuing from behind. And they turn to Moses and they say to him, has God led us here just to drown us in front of our enemies? Scripture tells us that God parts the Red Sea and they walk through on dry land, that the enemy is drowned. Later on in scripture, we see the Israelites ask Moses, has God led us here just to cause us to die of hunger? But God once again steps in and he provides supernaturally. Manna falls from the sky. Later on, once again, the Israelites say to Moses, has God led us here to cause us to die of thirst? And God reaches out his hand and he turns bitter water to sweet water. Once again, he creates a supernatural miracle. And there comes a point where the Israelites say to Moses, it would have been better for us to stay in Israel and die there as slaves. This is a crazy thought. They've been slaves for over 400 years in Egypt. And they're continuously looking back to what was, how things used to be, what they were accustomed to. You see, they had been in Egypt so long that the culture of Egypt was the norm for them. 
false gods, idol worship, sacrifices, slavery was the norm. The slave mentality was so entrenched in the Egyptians, but God was calling them out and saying, I've destined you for more. Not to be slaves, but to be free. I've called you to be a holy people, set apart, consecrated unto me, sons and daughters, kings and priests. But the Israelites had been in Egypt for so long that Egypt was now in them. And could it be that God is calling us out of our Egypt in this season? You see, we too have been in a culture of false gods and idol worship, slavery and sacrifice. Let me explain. We're living in a culture where in the sports arena and in Hollywood and music artists have become idols to many. Many are aspiring to be just like them. We can spend an entire Saturday watching sports or going shopping, but come Sunday morning, we need to get through our church service really quickly because everyone has something to do. We no longer have a Sabbath day of rest. We're able to jump up and scream and cheer our sports teams on, but no one must expect you to get too excited when it comes to worshiping the King of Kings. We're slaves to a culture of image, vanity, popularity, status, class, people getting into debt just to keep up, to be able to be at an acceptable standard. We spend more time on how we look every day than in the presence of God, pursuing the one we meant to look like. The Egyptians would sacrifice their children to false gods. And we live in a culture where our children are being sacrificed on an altar of convenience through abortion. We believe it is our privilege and our right. You see, we have been in Egypt so long that Egypt is now part of us. Our hearts have become hardened and callous and numb to what is taking place around us. And God is calling us out. He's saying, I've called you and destined you for more than this. To be a holy people, to be set apart, sons and daughters, kings and priests. We've come to a place where we call good evil and evil good. You can read it in Isaiah 5. And God is calling us out. He's saying there is more. God is shaking the earth right now. And if we read in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 25 to 29, and I'm reading from the Amplified Version, it says this, the unshaken kingdom. See to it that you do not refuse to listen to him who is speaking to you now. For if those sons of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to him who warned them on earth, revealing God's will, how much less will we escape if we turn our backs on him who warns from heaven? His voice shook the earth at Mount Sinai then, but now 
He has given a promise saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the starry heaven. Now this expression, yet once more, indicates the removal and final transformation of all those things which can be shaken, that is, of that which has been created, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude and offer to God pleasing service and acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is indeed a consuming fire. This scripture tells us that we are in a time where the earth is being shaken. We are seeing our economy be shaken, governments, education, churches, everything around us is being shaken. Everything made by man, man's idea, man's doctrine, cultures, systems, and God is wanting to establish a kingdom culture. Scripture is telling us that only that which has been developed and established and built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ will not be moved in a time like this. God is calling us to establish His kingdom here on earth. And I believe that there is a heed and a call and a warning to us that we will not be like the Israelites who continuously look back at what was and how things used to be. But we allow God to move us into the new season that He is taking us. Even church as we know it will look different. This is going to be a moment by moment walking and being led by the Spirit of God. It's going to require radical faith and complete obedience. And as I mentioned earlier, the wilderness became a place of God's supernatural provision, protection and presence. I don't want to ignore the fact that many now find themselves in very difficult real situations. Finances have been impacted. Many have lost their jobs due to this lockdown. And we realize that it is our job as a church to meet needs practically because God uses men and women to manifest His goodness to others. So we're doing what we can practically to assist those in need. However, I believe there is coming a time that God is asking us to shift our focus of that which we have put our confidence and our trust in and shifted onto the real source. God is our source. For too long, we've put our faith and our confidence in our salaries, in our positions, in our jobs, even in our savings. And God is saying it's time to trust Him again. His economy is different to that of the world and we need to eat from the hand of our Father. If I think of my children, they don't wake up in the morning being concerned about where the next plate of food is coming from. How are we going to pay the bills? That's mom and dad's responsibility. And likewise, as we walk as sons and daughters of God, Abba Father, may we trust Him to be our dad, our source in a time such as this. 
I want to share a testimony of my grand, who was a God-fearing woman. She loved Jesus and she was a prayer warrior. And through the years of my mom and her siblings growing up, they lived very poor. There was lack and, and lots of abuse that took place in the home. But my granny would stand on the promises of God and she would pray for God's hand and for his provision. And there would be nights where there was no food. And as she prayed, I want you to imagine sitting around a table with your family and you're saying grace and there is no food in front of you, but there's a knock on the door. And someone's there to deliver a parcel of groceries or an envelope of money. And there are testimonies in my granny's life how God came through as she trusted with a childlike faith, the goodness of her father. You see, faith unlocks the supernatural. And I believe that we are going into a season where God will supernaturally provide for his sons and his daughters. We are gonna see unprecedented miracles take place in this season. God also led his children through the wilderness with his presence, a cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night. And I believe God is taking us into a season where he will lead us moment by moment. His presence will surround us and we need to heed to the voice of the Spirit and follow his guidance and his leading. The question is not, will he lead? The question is, will we listen? And follow. The whole Israel camp received an invitation to enter the promised land, but not all of them did. There too is an invitation to you and to me for us to be part of the next move of God, but we need to respond to the invitation. God is taking us through territory and uncertain times but he will provide supernaturally and he will lead us with his presence. I wanna share a story around Sodom and Gomorrah. It's found in Genesis 19 and you can read this after the service this morning, but the story goes that two angels come to Lot's household and they disguised as men and immediately Lot recognizes the visitation. He welcomes these men into his home. He washes their feet and he provides them with a meal. Lot's wife, however, is visitation challenged. She is unaware of the fact that she has angels in her home and she carries on as per usual, being busy with life. And these angels assignment has come to be to take Lot and his family out of Sodom and Gomorrah to take them onto the mountain to preserve them from the judgment that is coming to Sodom and Gomorrah. And God intends for Lot's wife to be part of the next move. But in disobedience, Lot's wife turns and looks back at what was. And she becomes a pillar of salt and a monument of the last move. God intended for Lot's wife to be part of the next move, but she became a monument of the last move. And I believe that there is a risk for you and me in this time where we too are visitation challenged. 
we are unaware of what God is wanting to do in the season. And God is calling us into a time of pressing in. I have an urgency in my spirit that this is a critical moment for the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. Many have said that this is a time of incubation. An incubator provides a perfect environment for development and growth of a baby. We too are in a perfect environment for development and growth and preparation for what God is wanting to do. We need to be seeking the face of God at this time and expect a visitation from the Lord. If we don't and we carry on with life as usual, keeping ourselves busy, we will miss what God is wanting to do and we will become a monument of the last move of God. This is not a season to merely survive, but it is a season for us to thrive, to grow, to develop, and to prepare ourselves. God is looking for those who will cry out to Him. He will not respond to casual inquirers because He cannot afford for us to be casual about the next move of His Spirit. When we think of the 120 in the upper room in Acts, they were instructed to lock themselves away and to wait, to press in, to be prepared and ready and expectant for what God was gonna do. They did not know what it was, but they knew something was coming. And we too need to be in a place of expectancy where we have locked ourselves away and we find ourselves on our face before the God crying out for His presence, trusting God to lead us in the season, that we would be expectant and ready for an outpouring of His Spirit on all the earth. Are we anticipating a revival? Luke 19 speaks about Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And Scripture tells us that He wept because the people did not know the time of their visitation. They missed the visitation of the Lord. We do not have equal opportunity every time. Not every opportunity is equal, but we are standing in a moment of time that we, he, we need to grab hold of. Like Ezra said, but for a brief moment, grace has been shown to us. I want to say that again. But for a brief moment, grace has been shown to us. We are in a season of grace. Grace is time where we are able to press in, to hear, to see, to perceive, to prepare ourselves because God is going to be pouring out new wine into new wineskins. It is time to shake off the lukewarm garments. At the start of this lockdown, every time I would go into my prayer room, I sensed the Holy Spirit doing this inside of me. And I sensed the Lord saying that He is enlarging His authority, His influence, the capacity, the voice of the Spirit within me. But as the Spirit did this, 
I realized there was things that he was pushing out, things that would hinder and limit, silence and quench his voice and his influence in my life. And I heard the Lord say that there is things that are occupying space and territory in my life that has been tailor-made just for the Spirit of God. And it is time to clean it out. As the Lord started to reveal things to me, I found myself on my knees repenting, asking God to forgive me, to clean me out, to remove the Egypt from within me things I had put my confidence and my trust in, idols that I found in my own life and I needed to repent and ask God, God, would you clean me out? Circumcise my heart. I kept hearing the words, clean hands, pure heart. Clean hands, pure heart. Psalms 24 verse three says, who may ascend into the hill of the Lord or stand in his holy place. This is saying who can come into my presence. Verse 4 says, those who have a clean hand, clean hands and a pure heart. Can we be like David that says, God search my heart and show me any wicked way within me? Are we able to say, God, would you clean the Egypt out of me? Would you cleanse me, remove every idol in my life, all those things that have stood between you and me, things that have demanded my attention and my focus and my worship. God, would you strip these things from me? Are we able to pray a prayer, God cleanse me? And as he starts to show us things and reveal things to us that we're able to repent, there is way too much undone business, unfinished work, and it's time for us to set things straight. For us to be on our knees before the Lord and to say, God, would you cleanse me? Where we can examine ourselves and embrace the refining fire of the Lord. No compromise, no lukewarm. Just before Passover, Jesus comes into Jerusalem and he cleans out the temple. Scripture tells us that he throws the tables over and he says, You have made my house a den of thieves, but it was intended to be a house of prayer. I believe God is taking this time to clean out his church. Where we have put man on a pedestal and idolized a man church comparing themselves with another church where we have brought in entertainment into the church where our pews are filled with lukewarm Christians that are not willing to sacrifice a thing for the kingdom where we have brother and sister sitting under the same house of worship but they cannot greet each other because they carry offense and unforgiveness and bitterness where we've made our worship about us, how it makes us feel, rather than what it was designed and created for, to worship the Creator. Where we worship in spirit and in truth. Where we have been so busy chasing numbers instead of chasing God. 
and we are so full of programs, but we void of presence. God is doing a work in his church. He is setting things straight. He's putting things back in order. And it is time for us to say, God, what is it that you want of me? 2 Chronicles says it, that my people who are called by my name would turn from their wicked ways. You see, this is not a demand on the world. God is saying when my people turn from their wicked ways, when my people humble themselves, when my people repent, the church cannot be waiting on the world to do this. The call is for us as believers to repent and to cry out to God. Religious routines are done. Those days are over. Lukewarm garments are being thrown off. God is realigning, repositioning and recalibrating our hearts. This is a moment of grace for preparation. You see, God is going to be pouring out His Spirit and there is going to be so much wine and so much oil and so much anointing. But this season of preparation is critical because the wine skin is as important as the wine. The character is as important as the anointing. And we need to ensure that we are ready. God is going to pour His Spirit out on people that are hungry, that are desperate, that are pure, that are humble, that are seeking His face. We cannot be casual. This is not a time for us to keep ourselves busy just to get through a day. This is time for us to fall on our knees and seek the face of God like our lives depend on it. I want to encourage those of you that say, I'm trying. I'm trying to spend time in His presence, but it's difficult. I feel like there's a barrier. I feel like I can't press through. I want to encourage you with two things this morning. Ask God if there's anything that's hindering you. If there's anything you need to repent of or deal with and deal it. And then I encourage you to continue to press in. Do not become weary in doing good. We need to be found faithfully sitting at the feet of Jesus. And all God wants to see is that we are faithful with little so that he can trust us with much. I encourage you to continue to seek the face of God, to pray through until you touch the throne room of God. I believe those that walk closely with the Lord at this time are going to receive downloads. This past week, I had a vision of the boardroom of heaven and I saw many sitting around this table. I could not see the end of the table, but I saw scrolls and blueprints rolled out on this long table as the hosts of heaven gathered around. I saw angelic hosts lined up waiting for the instruction. And the instruction was for blueprints to be released to those who are seeking the face of God. As I saw myself in this vision, standing just on the outside, 
watching. I sense the Lord saying that those who are pressing in, those who are waiting, seeking my face, will receive insight and revelation. They will receive downloads and blueprints and strategies for this next season that we're going to find ourselves in. God is about to pour out His Spirit. Revival is coming to the earth. The greatest harvest we have ever seen of souls. And I want to say that it is time for us to prepare ourselves, to get serious, to repent. That we would not be like Lot's wife that is looking back, seeking what was. But we'll look ahead, keeping our eyes on Jesus, seeking the face and the heartbeat of the Father. Now is the time to ready ourselves. Now is a call to believers. God is going to do something significant. Pentecost is coming. Are we expectant? Are we waiting? Are we prepared? Can I pray with you this morning? Father, in the name of Jesus, as we realize, God, the urgency of the hour, the demand on us as your sons and your daughters, God, to focus our gaze back on you. As you start to set things straight, God, you're putting things back in order. You are shaking the whole earth. I'm asking God in this time for the season of grace that you would burn a desire and a passion in our hearts, God, to seek your face like never before. God, we repent. We repent of our lukewarmness. God, our compromise to sin for allowing Egypt to be so part of us. Our idol worship, God. We repent where we've kicked you out of our schools and our government and even to some degree churches. God, we repent and we ask that your presence come back. God, would you move your sons and daughters to seek your face? May we not grow weary in doing good. May we be found faithful, sitting at the feet of Jesus, seeking your face, crying out to you. God, we want to say that we want to prepare ourselves for what you're about to do. We're expecting God. We're expecting for a mighty move and an outpouring of your spirit on the earth. May we be part of this next move of God, I pray. God, would you challenge us and convict us? Holy Spirit, would you expose sin, things that are hindering the work of God in our lives? Lord, I pray for grace for each person listening, that we would press in God and and be part of those who will receive download and blueprints from the throne room of heaven. 
thank you for this word, Lord. I pray that it would accomplish that which it has been sent forth to do. May it stir hearts, God, I pray. And even in the book of Acts, as it said, as the word went forth, it pierced men's hearts and it caused them to repent. God, let it be so today, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Bless you.